Good tidings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Good Tidings Radio Broadcast. I am your radio pastor, Dr. David Pinkerton, and I'm accompanied today by my wife, Dorinda, and she's going to share a tidbit with you again at the beginning of the message like we did last week. Here we are, can you believe it already, the 29th day of the month of July. Already July has slipped by so quickly. Here we are. Can't believe we're about to close the door on the month of July. So we've got some word from God we're going to share with you here in just a moment. But before we do, we want to encourage you, like always, to have your Bible. I want you to open it up today. We're going to take a look in Mark chapter number 5. Mark chapter number 5. A rather lengthy introduction today of the Scripture text. Mark five twenty-one through 34. And we're still staying with the theme of salvation. Uh, we just believe that's something God has put on our heart to share with you and to our listening audience, because many human beings do not know how to go to heaven. Most don't, as a matter of fact. I'm convinced many preachers don't know how to understand the gospel and don't know how to convey it simply in its biblical simplicity so that everyone can understand it. So today, we're glad you're listening. Here we are on these windswept hills of Ava, Illinois, at the confines of WXAN Radio. You're listening by 103.5 FM if you're on the FM dial here in our region, or if you're on the internet, you're listening at at uh, www.wxanradio.com. And when the page pulls open, click on Listen Live, and that'll get you tuned in, okay? We're glad that you're here. We're thankful to Brother Danny and Leanne and Matt and Will and Melody, the good folks here, and allowing Dorinda and I to be on this team of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with the lost world and playing the best Christian music on this side of heaven. We're glad to be part of this. We want you to support this ministry prayerfully, but also financially. Give, folks, and you'll never outgive God. Give and help alleviate the financial burden that this ministry has. Would you do that? And then watch and see what else God will do. All right. As we said in a moment ago, Dorinda's with us, and she's going to share a tidbit with you again, some scripture and a thought, biblical thought and principle for you today. And here we're going to turn it over to her now on this 29th day of July. Dorinda? 2 Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, and old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You sparkle, you shine. You've just got that certain air about you, and it's irresistible to God. No, it's not the new do. It's not even the, those gorgeous new shoes. It's you, the new you, completely made over, recreated in Christ. Yes, you'll still make mistakes sometimes, and no, you're not perfect. But you are perfectly made new, and God just loves the way it looks on you. Amen, the new you. Very good. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Thank you, Dorinda. 
Folks, we're glad that you listened. Call a friend. Text them right now. Tell them the Good Tidings Radio broadcast is on. We're praying for you. We ask you to pray for us. And today, in Mark chapter number 5, we're going to share a salvation-themed message. And we're going to get our texts from Mark chapter number 5. We're going to look at verses number 21 down through 34. And the title of today's message is The Touch of Faith. The Touch of Faith here on the 29th day of July in the year of our Lord Jesus 2023. We're glad you're tuned in. So let's begin reading Mark chapter 5 and verse 21. And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. Behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith, notice this, made thee whole. Go in peace, and be whole of thy plague. Mark chapter 5, verse 21 through 34. Now I call your attention to verse number 28. The Bible says, For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Folks, in this chapter, Mark chapter 5, Jesus has conquered demons, disease, and death. He cast the demons out of the maniac of Gadara, healed the woman with the issue of blood, and raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. This miracle of the healing of the woman with an issue of blood occurred while Jesus was on the road to the house of Jairus to raise his daughter from the dead. It is not meant to stand alone, but it had a relation to the raising of Jairus' daughter. In order to build Jairus' faith, our Lord Jesus allowed him to see this special miracle. You know, we sometimes speak of killing two birds with a stone. Our Lord knows how to bless two souls with one touch. There have been occasions when we've led souls to Christ, not so much for the sake of winning souls, but to motivate, inspire, and encourage someone who was with us to also win souls. Dorinda and I have done that in our ministry for years. Amen. Our Lord wrought this miracle, folks, while moving on to work another. He's so wonderful that what he does, incidentally, is also marvelous. 
Now, there are four things that I call your attention to regarding the healing of this woman with the issue of blood. Okay? Again, the title of today's message is The Touch of Faith. So, there are four things regarding the healing of this woman that I call your attention to. Number one, her condition. Verse 25 states, And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years. So, folks, this was a real condition. You know, the Bible says it's the life of the flesh. Uh, The life of the flesh is in the blood. Think about that. She had a real condition. It's not an imaginary. It's not what Christian science people would say, who would say it's not scientific. This lady had a real live issue of blood, a disease. But this woman's condition was real. She had an issue of blood for 12 years. Think about this. Sin is real. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. When children are born, they're born with a sin nature. We saw that last week. David told us in Psalm 51, 5, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Every child is born with a sinful nature, and something inside of that him or her pulls them in the wrong direction. So I want you to think about something. We have a sinful nature, and this woman's condition was real. She had a real issue of blood. And every person that is born into the world also has a real condition, and it's called sin. We inherited this condition from our parents, and they inherited it from their parents all the way back to the first man that was made by God, and that was Adam. So the Bible says in Romans chapter 5 and verse 12, Wherefore, as by one man sin, a real condition, entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Now, what, are, what many children are taught many times in schools, folks, are contrary to what the Bible teaches. They teach a, a theory in schools of evolution, and it's nothing more than a theory. It's a guess. <laughs> but, folks, if man had been the product of evolution, then where would have sin entered into the world? And the Bible teaches that the first man created, Adam, was given one prohibition. God told him in Genesis 2 and verse 16 and 17, Of every tree of the garden thou may eatest freely, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. That first man, Adam, disobeyed God, became a sinner, and plunged the entire human race into sin. Because we're all descendants, human nature-wise, of Adam. And we're told in Romans chapter 5 and verse 19, For as by one man's disobedience, that's Adam, many were made sinners. So if the evolutionists are right, then the story of Adam would be untrue. And if the story of Adam is untrue, then you have no place for sin to enter into the world. So if you believe in evolution, then folks, you're believing into a theory. But here's the kicker. All men are made sinners by our very nature. So the woman's condition here was real. She had an issue of blood. It wasn't imaginary, but it was real. And the sinner's condition today is also real. That man or woman has a sin nature inside them that pulls them in the wrong direction. And not only was this lady's condition real, but it was leading to her death. She had an issue of blood for 12 years. Leviticus 17.11 says, The life of the flesh is in the blood. So this continual loss of blood that she had would have eventually resulted in her death. 
The man without Christ, the human being without Christ Jesus as Savior, has a condition, and that is leading also to death. The Bible says the soul that sinneth, it shall die. Ezekiel 18.4 says the wages of sin is death. Romans 6.23 says sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. James chapter 1 and verse 15, sin may be fun, but it may have its pleasures too, but it always leads to death. And God said to Adam, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. So sin not only leads to physical death, but it leads to second death, and that's the lake of fire. The person who dies without trusting Jesus Christ as their Savior will eventually be cast into the lake of fire to spend eternity. Revelation chapter 20 and verse 14 states, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. So the second death is eternal separation from God in the lake of fire. You see this lady in Mark chapter 5, her condition was real, this issue of blood. And this condition was leading to her death. Well, the sinner, every human being born with a sinful nature, the sinner's condition also is real. And it eventually leads to death, the spiritual death, the second death in the lake of fire. So we see, number one, her condition. Let's look secondly at her consultants. Her consultants. Uh, Bring your attention to Mark chapter 5 and verse 26. It says, This lady had suffered many things of many physicians. Now, I'd hate to suffer many things of one physician. But you got to remember, folks, they didn't have hospitals back in her day like they have now. They had no anesthesia, so to speak. And words cannot describe the pain and the agony that this woman experienced for 12 years trying to get made heal, made whole from these physicians. She had suffered many things of many physicians. Folks, she had no doubt. She had no doubt suffered a lot. Listen to Job 13 and verse 4. It says, all physicians of no value. The man without Christ, folks, think about this. This lady had no physicians to help her. She suffered a lot from these physicians. She had the issue of blood, remember? The man without Christ, the human being without Christ, also has many consultants. There are those who advise you, oh, just be sincere in what you believe in your religion. You'll be okay. If you know, it makes no difference what you believe, just as long as you're sincere. We've heard religion, religious people and people that have no idea what the Bible teaches share that with people. How preposterous, how stupid, how void of truth can that, that statement be? You see, sincerity, you can believe sincerely in what you believe, and if what you believe in is not biblically truth, you're wrong and your sincerity is wrong. Sincerity is not the Savior. If a person is trusting anything other than Jesus Christ for their salvation, he or she is lost, no matter how sincere they may be. So, folks, think about this. If a person is not trusting Jesus Christ and him alone as their Savior, no matter how sincere they are, they will sincerely be lost forever and die and burn in the lake of fire. The other consultants that a person may have is just live the best you can. But the Bible says in Isaiah 64 and verse 6, all our righteousness are as filthy rags. So the best that you can do to make yourself clean and pure before God, it's not good enough. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3 and verse 23. This lady with an issue of blood, she had many physicians, many consultants. Well, the sinner 
as many consultants. You know, the person saying, hey, be sincere. The person saying, hey, just, just you know, hang in there and be, uh, be as, do the best you can. That's another consultant. Well, let me share another consultant that the devil gives a sinner that says all a person needs to do is just be in a good environment. If you change, if you live in a good environment, then that ought to be good enough to get you to heaven. Well, folks, you can change the man. Some people think you can change a man by changing his environment or change a person's nature by changing their environment. You see, Adam, when he sinned, he had the best environment there ever was. That was the Garden of Eden. He was in the Garden of Eden. He had the most beautiful woman God made, and that was Eve. And I guess he did. Folks, talk about a good environment, but guess what? A good environment, you can change a person's environment, take them from one country to the next, one county to the next, one city to the next, but it won't get you to heaven. You can't change an environment and make a person good. A person needs more than a good environment. They need to be born again spiritually. You don't change a person by changing their environment. You change the environment by changing the person. So the lady in our story had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all she had and was nothing bettered. But rather, she grew worse. You see, it's sad, but sometimes true, that a man without Christ spends all, all that he has before ever turning to Jesus Christ for salvation. Think about this. Many human beings, many men and women, have, they spend their family, they spend their respect, they spend their fortune, they spend their health, they spend nearly everything else they have before coming to the knowledge of the truth and trusting Jesus Christ to be their personal Savior. Friends, when you've tried everything else, Trust Jesus Christ. Folks, education, social reform will not get you to heaven. Salvation doesn't come wrapped in a diploma. You don't go to heaven head first, but you go to heaven heart first. And like the woman in this story, the person without Christ will only get worse until he or she comes to Jesus Christ and trust him as Savior. So, as we think about this this morning, we're looking today at the woman with, a, with the issue of blood. We're looking at the touch of faith. This woman had an issue of blood. We saw her condition, number one. Number two, we saw her consultants. Number three, let's look at her cure. Next, I call your attention to her cure. When she had heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. You see, when she had heard of Jesus, the Bible says, Faith cometh by hearing. Romans 10 and verse 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and she heard of Jesus, and hearing by the word of God. Today we're take, sharing this text out of the Holy Scriptures, the Bible. Amen. So when faith come by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, this lady had heard of Jesus and therefore had faith to trust him for the cure that she needed in her body. If after you tell someone about Christ, and he or she does not accept Christ as Savior, then folks, don't become discouraged. Tell them again and again. Because what? Faith cometh by hearing. Think about this. You may have to give people the gospel on a number of occasions, saturating it in prayer. And one day, the Holy Spirit will illuminate or open their understanding to the fact that they're a sinner without Jesus and they need to be born again so they can, when they die, they can go to heaven. Folks, if you're not saved by trusting Jesus as Savior, you won't go to heaven. But 
If you trust Jesus Christ by faith to be your Savior, you will go to heaven, and you have the promise of the Holy Bible to stand on for that. God will not lie to you, and he cannot lie to you. This lady's cure, Jesus, she heard he was coming, and she went to him, and she took her faith and touched him by the hem of his garment. She believed what was said about him and that he could heal her, and her faith, her very small faith, caused her to jump into the press of people thronging Jesus and just touched the hem of his garment. Now think about this. Some people say, Pastor David, I don't have enough faith to be saved. Well, dear friends, faith is not the Savior. Faith is an attitude of the soul through which Jesus saves you. Amen. It's not the measure, but the object of faith that saves you. Amen. You can have a very small faith and get a mighty big Savior. The slightest faith in Jesus Christ will bring everlasting life to the believer. If you'll admit you're a sinner, that you owe a sin debt, and that Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay your sin debt, and if you will completely depend on him to get you to heaven, then God says you have everlasting life. Amen. John 3 and verse 36 promises, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. So notice, too, that this lady's cure, it was instant. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. Salvation is not a long, drawn-out process, but instantaneous. Amen. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Acts 16.31. You see, there's no step between death and life. You're either in or you're out, guilty or pardoned, dead or alive, saved or lost. One moment Noah was outside the ark, and the next moment he was inside the ark. And the moment you trust Jesus Christ as Savior, you have everlasting life instantaneously. And straightway, the Bible says of this woman in Mark 5, and straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. Notice, too, that her touch was intentional and voluntary. Now, God never burglarizes the human will. Every person must come to Christ and trust him of their own free choice. The only thing that stands between salvation and the sinner is the sinner's will. Jesus said in John 5 and verse 40, And ye will not come to me that ye might have life. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, will you trust him now? It's your decision. Will you admit you're a sinner? Will you believe, like the Bible teaches, that Jesus died for you vicariously and shed his blood on the cross for your sins? Will you trust him as your personal Savior? It's a decision that only you can make, and it must be intentional, and it must be voluntary. Notice, too, that the woman with the issue of blood in Mark 5, her cure was complete. You see, the fountain of blood was dried up. She did not gradually get better and better and better until she finally got well. The death of Jesus on the cross completely makes, completed the payment for your sins. Amen. Trusting Jesus is not one of many steps of salvation. It is the only step, and the moment a person trusts Christ the Savior, he or she is no longer condemned. Amen. The Bible says they have everlasting life. This passed from death unto life. Listen to John 5 and verse 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death 
unto life. So, we see this morning this simple act of faith of the lady with the issue of blood, the touch of faith. We see her condition. We see her condition. We see her consultants. We see her cure. And finally, this morning, we see her confession. Finally, I call your attention to her confession. In verse 30 of Mark chapter 5, Jesus asked, Who touched my clothes? You see, Jesus was omniscient. He knows everything. He knew who touched him. He wasn't asking for information, but he was giving the woman an opportunity to come out and confess him publicly. And thank God she came out. Verse 33 says, But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. Every person who has trusted Jesus Christ as personal Savior should make a public confession of their faith in him. The Bible says in Romans 10.10, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Too many Christians are like an arctic river, frozen at the mouth. Jesus said, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. (coughs) Mark chapter 10, verses 32 and 33. If you've trusted Christ as your Savior, you should go forward in a church service and publicly confess him before men. Let him know you're trusting him for salvation. Folks, listen. If you'd like to be saved, follow us in this simple prayer of faith from the sincerity of your heart. Right here and right now, the woman touched Jesus. Will you now believe on him? Follow me in this simple prayer. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus, please forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my heart and save me. I'm trusting you and you alone to be my personal Savior and take me to heaven when I die. Amen. Amen. Now, if you've done that, the Bible says you've been born again. We want you to get in contact with us via email. Send us an email at drdave13, D-R-D-A-V-E-1-3, at gmail.com, drdave13 at gmail.com. I've got some literature that Dorinda and I will send you free of charge. As a new Christian, it gives you the biblical steps of how to start living the Christian life and getting the basics of the Christian life in your life. Folks, go tell other people about Jesus. Hand out a gospel tract this week. Pray for those that are uh, that are lost in your family and your friendships and your network of, of associates and in your workplace. And folks, keep looking up. Jesus is coming again. You've been listening to the Good Tidings radio broadcast. I am Dr. David Pinkerton, your radio pastor, accompanied by my wife, Dorinda, today. And we've been glad to be here with you on this 29th day of July. Folks, Jesus cured the lady with the disease of blood. He cures the sinner. Won't you trust him as Savior? Now, if you've been saved, tell others about Jesus and keep looking up. He's coming back because Jesus is good tidings of great joy to all people. I bring you good tidings of great joy. Oh, yes. So fear not.